Welcome to The Local, your daily dose of hometown news and democracy. It's March 25th, 2020. I'm Jefferson Smith from Portland, Oregon. Today, we look at staying connected in a time of social distancing. Coming up on Portland's daily local podcast, today's headlines, resources to keep us connected, and an interview with Multnomah County Commissioner Jessica Vega-Peterson, sharing Multnomah County's pandemic response. First up, it's time for today's Quick 6 Local Rundown. Portland's going to extend the state of emergency for two more weeks. Mayor Ted Wheeler said yesterday the city will extend its state of emergency declaration. Here's a clip from Tuesday's press conference. Thank you. So the state of emergency is in two-week durations. It will come up for renewal on Wednesday. I will extend it. I'll be seeking my guidance from public health professionals, medical experts, and others. We're still in the upside of the contagion curve, so this would not be a good time for us to suspend the emergency declaration. We will eventually find ourselves at peak, and I've heard estimates of peak taking place sometime in Oregon between the first and the second week of April, that I will take my guidance from public health experts as to when that happens. And then there will be some period of time beyond the peak that we will still maintain the state of emergency until we are sure that we're past the contagion. I will be relying heavily on public health officials and medical examiners to guide us as to when the best time is to lift the state of emergency. And when that state of emergency is lifted, it will be uh, made quite public to people and we will go back to business as usual, but we're not there yet, to be clear. Right now the order is stay at home, do not travel. We collectively control today ourselves, how deep and how long this crisis lasts through our own behavior. My actions impact your health, your actions impact my health, so the order for right now is stay home, do not travel. Again, Mayor Wheeler said he anticipates Portland being under that emergency declaration through sometime in April. April is when the state medical officials predict the outbreak could peak, then decline for safer interactions. April is also when the president says he'd like to wear an Easter bonnet. In a state of emergency, the city or state or county exercises special authority. Justitium is the equivalent in Roman law in which the Senate could put forward a final decree not subject to dispute. Nowadays, it allows for better aligning of partners and accessing resources. That state of emergency in Portland was scheduled to end today. But for now, justitium. Oregon coastal towns continue to act to remove visitors from Astoria to Newport. Lincoln County commissioners approved an order barring tourists from staying in towns including Lincoln City, Newport, and Yahats. The emergency order bars short-term rentals at hotels or vacation rentals of less than 30 days. The vote follows orders to close parks and campgrounds, including both state and national parks. Crater Lake and the Painted Hills are among the parks closing for now. At two yachts, Hawaiian Airlines is suspending travel to Portland. If you're going to reschedule your trip that you were going to take to the Oregon coast and instead go to Hawaii, well, all flights from Honolulu to Portland are now temporarily suspended by Hawaiian Airlines. Another step is Hawaii takes action to slow the coronavirus. 
Hawaiian Airlines will maintain its regular flight schedule through today to allow people to return home. Then they will be suspending all but a single daily flight between Honolulu and Los Angeles. As for any of our neighbors who don't get out today, trapped in Hawaii, I'm sorry and you're welcome. 18 new cases bringing the total of those infected in Oregon to 209. According to the Harvard Business Review, that strange feeling you're going through, it's not just anxiety, it's not just boredom, it's grief. Love one another out there. The Oregon Health Authority reports new cases once a day on its website, healthoregon.org coronavirus. Don't forget, it is time for the census. You may have received a letter or two from the United States Census. This is that time, once a decade, when we stand up and get counted. The census was first instituted by Servius Tilius, the sixth king of Rome, a bit over 500 years before the Christian era. Back then, a person who voluntarily absented himself from the census was considered in census and subject to the severest punishment. Servius Tullius is said to have threatened such individuals with imprisonment and death. Why does the census matter? In ancient Rome, it determined taxes, among other things. Now it'll decide how many congressional seats go where. Oregon is in a position to get a sixth seat and the distribution as well of a bunch of federal resources distributed proportionally based on population. With the COVID-19 outbreak, door-to-door follow-up will be delayed. By filling out your form, you avoid the need for a knock and you allow the successors of Servius Tullius to use their energy counting other people. You value democracy? You don't want to be in census? Open your letter and get counted and tell your friends to do likewise. Suicide fears in Portland are on the rise. During yesterday's Portland press conference, Portland's police chief, Jamie Resch, shared that police have received an increase in calls reporting suicide threats or attempts. Here's Chief Resch. Calls involving suicide attempts or suicide threats with or without a weapon are up 41% from 2019 and up 23% from the 10 days prior to the state of emergency. The statistic is very concerning and there are resources available for those who are struggling. I ask everyone to reach out by phone, text, or video chat to connect with your family, friends, and neighbors. If they are struggling, make sure they know how to access help, which is available through the Mental Health Crisis Intervention Line or Lines Through Life. Again, those statistics. 911 calls about suicide threats or attempts up 41% since this time last year and up 23% compared to the 10 days before the COVID-19 outbreak. Wealth disparities, money worries, isolation, all of these things can worsen suicide numbers. Now more than ever, it's important to connect with those who are isolated and might be struggling. It also hailed yesterday. The street looked like a snow day. The legislature shut down after Republicans walked out last month. Are we looking at pestilence tomorrow or just Netflix and Amazon? The Lines for Life Crisis Support Line can be reached 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255 for resources in the Portland area. Again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Speaking from experience, the lines are helpful. I called for a friend. Whether or not the Beatles were right that it's all we need, we certainly do need it. Let's love one another out there. Stay tuned for a deeper dive on connection in the age of cholera. And that's today's Quick 6 Local Rundown. On Sunday, we were walking around 43rd, just south of Division, and we saw a chalk drawing. It was a girl saying hello 
to her isolated friend that she couldn't see. Around the corner, a couple blocks away, we saw another chalk drawing. Her friend wrote back. Walking down Ivan Street, we saw some canned goods on the edge of a front lawn. I thought it was a delivery. Then I saw the brown cardboard with free written on it. It was a reverse delivery. There are some beautiful people out there in Portland. In this time of physical distancing, creative connections are popping up everywhere. We see it in the online hangout meetings that look like the Brady Bunch introduction in the homebound concerts connecting us. How do we stay connected when apart? Here are a few helpful examples of folks doing inspiring things. Oregon Recovers, the statewide network, works with folks living in addiction. Recovery is difficult in the best of circumstances. What about in isolation? So I have a brother who just, just last week got out of inpatient rehab out in Eastern Oregon and you know, very optimistic about his ability to stay in recovery. And he's been very open about that. And now all of a sudden he's trying to, you know, navigate recovery in isolation. And that's just a really, really hard thing to ask people to do. A lot of folks who are in addiction recovery. One of the key elements is to, to be that accountability and not just on the phone and saying, yes, I'm being good. But like people seeing you and looking in your eyes and hearing you and smelling you and knowing that you're staying clean. And I think that's an incredibly hard thing for people to be doing right now is to be trying to do addiction recovery in isolation. Providers in the Oregon Recovery Network got together to discuss resources and create new ones. Put together tips on social distancing while in recovery meetings, to coping with canceled AA meetings. And in cooperation with Big Tech, the Oregon Recovery Network is also providing a one-stop website to connect those in recovery to resources and answers. Connecting while we're apart. You can get more information at OregonRecoveryNetwork.org. If someone in your life could find this useful, you can get more information at OregonRecoveryNetwork.org. And then there's NABOR, another statewide network. Every Child Oregon connects youth in foster care with foster families. They're activating an emergency response system, asking us all to show our support for foster youth and for families right now, whether it's donating a box of diapers, creating a care package for a foster family. My neighbor or my neighbor or is helping folks connect while apart. More information at everychildoregon.org slash my neighbor. You have something you want us to shout out? Let us know. Just email info at xray.fm. And here at X-Ray, we've got a duty to keep going. In addition to stepping up our news, democracy, and mutual aid coverage, we're also inviting playlists, digital mixtapes. You can submit one at bit.ly slash x-ray mix. We're not sending a bunch of DJs to a studio, so the community will be our curator. If you want to submit a playlist, your personal mixtape that you want to share with others, again, you can send it at bit.ly slash x-ray mix. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash X-R-A-Y-M-I-X. And if you have a story or want to help create the local, reach out to us at info at x-ray.fm. We want to hear from you. Let's stay connected, especially when we're apart. Now we continue to Emily Gilliland's interview with Multnomah County Commissioner Jessica Vega-Peterson, recorded March 18th, just after Multnomah County announced an eviction moratorium. Here's Emily and Jessica Vega-Peterson. As surprising and unanticipated circumstances are taking hold of our city, our county, and our world, we look to our elected officials for answers and for inspiration. Today, we are connecting with one of those inspirational leaders. Commissioner Jessica Vega-Peterson said she joined the Oregon legislature because she wanted to do more than talk about making things better. 
Jessica has served as a House member for East Portland and now is a Multnomah County Commissioner. She's also on the board of Portland State University Center for Women's Leadership and is active with her neighborhood association. Commissioner Jessica Vega-Peterson of Multnomah County District 3 joins us today on the show. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Emily. How are you doing? Oh, I think I'm doing pretty much like everyone else, still in shock, still uh, about the school closures <laughs> with, with two kids. But, um, you know, and also trying to, to make connections um, to see what people are needing and what we can do to help. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're all... Um, we're all trying to take in the situation as best we can right now. Yeah, yeah, you are balancing a lot. Let's let's start with the county's approach to the virus. Yesterday, there was a press conference in the morning about nine o'clock with the the mayor and uh, chair Deborah Kafori. What can you tell us about the county's approach in in these days of uncertainty? Yeah, the county is doing everything that we can in our role to help um, slow the spread of COVID nineteen. And um, because of that, there's a lot of steps that we've taken. Um, the, the press conference yesterday was announcing an, an eviction moratorium in Multnomah County for six months. Um, you know, it, what this does is it doesn't relieve tenants of their, um, you know, their liability for paying rent, but it says that um, landlords can't charge or collect a late fee for rent that's delayed um, for, you know, during this time while there's an emergency declaration or for the six months. Um, you know, it also said that uh, motels and hotels can't refuse occupancy from people um, for any for anyone who's taking any state money and um, or um, government money. Um, and this is to ensure that if we need to move people into motels and hotels for health reasons, that they have a place to stay there. Mm. And um, these are, you know, especially the eviction moratorium. I think that this is something that needs to happen statewide. We're also looking at expanding our shelter capacity to make sure that we have the um, safe um, distancing for shelter beds for our um, houseless population. Um, so we're looking to, ex- to greatly expand the additional beds that we need um, to make this happen. Um, I think the biggest thing that people um, have seen as well is that we've closed the libraries and ended the library events that have been happening. We're making sure that, um, you know, that we're doing what we can internally for our employees to make sure that they can stay home. So all non-essential employees um, are working from home right now. We're having all our board meetings held virtually. And um, we're looking at how we can make sure that we have child care needs for those essential employees and um, for healthcare providers in our jail and public safety staff so that they can have the daycare and the child care that they need um, so that they're able to get to work. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of discussions that are happening. The county is a place where, um, you know, we work on a lot of um, health issues, public safety issues, and really um, have a, a lot of ways that we're connecting with the community. So we're trying to figure out the best ways to move forward with this. Whew. There is a lot going on. Now, what does, I know there's probably not a typical day at this point, but how, how are you staying connected as commissioners? How are these conversations happening when convenings can't be happening? And I know Multnomah County sort of prides itself on community engagement. So do you have a sense of how that's going to shift or how, how do you get insights from the community when convenings can't happen? That is, that's such a good question. And that's uh, something that we're all talking about and working on right now. I mean, we're going to have our very first board meeting 
tomorrow that's going to be virtual. We've never done that before where it's been entirely virtual, so it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. Um, we're, we're going to be taking public comment only through writing, right? Not just through written testimony, not through the, the public testimony, because it's just at this point we don't have the technology to do that. So, um, But I think the other things that, that I'm doing is, um, you know, reaching out to folks in the community to see um, in organizations in the community to see what help they need, to see what um, what the what the needs are, and trying to share information as much as possible through other means, whether it's email lists, whether it's social media, um, mm-hmm. to make sure that the community is aware of what's going on and has access to the resources that are coming online during this time. Um, you know, I think those are the so those are some of the th- things we're doing, and we'll probably see um, even more things um, as we move forward through this. I know there's so much uncertainty right now. Is there a plan for a, a regular update to the community through press briefings or are you sort of taking it as a day, at a day at a time at this point? No, there are gonna, there are regular press briefings um, for the county and the chair has um, has been doing regular press briefings as well as, you know, our, our public health um, um, officers and our um, and our health um director has been giving regular um, press conferences and updates to the media to make sure people know what's going on. That's great. I know watching the press briefing yesterday with both the city and the county, um, there was some interruption as, as folks are really concerned about housing and this moratorium on evictions is, is, is one significant step that folks were, hap- were hoping for. We've seen in other cities or countries uh, even a rent freeze. Can you, can you help our listeners understand sort of what the response is it the county versus the city around something like that? Who makes that decision if, if there were to be a, a rent freeze? Yeah, I think that there um, there has to be discussions about what exactly that looks like and and how how that would work, right? How does that impact everything? I know it's something that people are really concerned about, especially people who have already um, had hours cut or jobs lost because of the, you know, working in the restaurants or hospitality industries. Um, so I understand it's affecting a, a lot of people. I think um, what we're trying to figure out is what, you know, what we have the capacity to do at this time. It seems like the eviction was something that we could do quickly to give some, some relief. You know, talking about what other help might be out there um, and how we would be able to make that happen is, is discussions that are happening right now. The city um, is responsible for what happens within the borders of Portland and then Multnomah County. Obviously, we have the area that would be outside the city limits of Portland and Gresham and some of the other cities. So that's that's where the um, the jurisdictional um, you know information happens. But I think this is something that we would want to work in partnership with our um, with uh, the other jurisdictions just to make sure that we're we're having a clear message. Yeah. It's tough to be seeing all of this news come in, the increase of cases, the unfortunate uh, sort of inevitable increases of the numbers of deaths across our state and across other states and countries. But it's also, for me, so inspiring to see how people are coming together in different ways, stepping up, whether it's a business or an individual, um, the county, the city, to try to to mitigate this negative impact on everyone. Are there uh, little rays of hope that you're seeing that you want to call out and give some gratitude for at this point? Yeah, you know, I think um, it's really been amazing to see 
how people who have been impacted in a really serious way through this situation, like restaurant owners, um, are, are stepping up and taking what's happening in their situation to try to do good to others in the population. Um, I know that there have been restaurants who have posted like, hey, we're putting our, um, our you know, food that we have that we're not going to be able to use. We're putting um, some of our supplies and we're making bags and people can come and pick that up. And um, I've been trying to connect, you know, um, organizations I know that could really use this, shelters that I know could really use this to those things. Um, I think that just what you're seeing on, you know, apps like Nextdoor or what you're seeing on Facebook when people have, you know, a need, people are stepping up and saying, um, you know, if somebody's putting a call out, like, I need help picking up um, some groceries or I'm running low on this, people are saying, I've got your back, I can do that. Um, And I think that this is the time when we need to do that. We need to really um, flex those community um, connections Mm -hmm. and um, use the tools that we have available to make sure that um, that people are getting the help that they need. Um, and I, it just been it has been the ray of hope during this whole thing that people are willing to step up and help out their neighbors, their communities, thinking about um, you know the, the the seniors that they know right now and seeing what help that they need too. Absolutely. Are there particular resources that you want to make sure that our that our listeners know about places to go for updates and resources in general? Well, you know, the Multnomah County um, website is, um, is, has information about um, what's happening with COVID-19, how you can prepare, um, what resources are available as well. Um, for those of you who have, um, you know, kids, I think the school district websites are also um, sending information about, first of all, where you can go to get school lunches, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there will be some more communication from the school districts, especially as we're looking at the schools being closed now through April. Um, on what we're going to do with distance learning. So I think those are great re- um, websites as well. Absolutely. As a, as a parent, how are you thinking about getting keeping your kids engaged over this time frame? You know, I think, <laughs> I think this is the time where we're going to have to figure out how we're going to be able to make this work, right? How yeah. we can be on conference calls and also have kids that might need help with their with their homework or their assignments that they have to get done. Um, and we're going to just have to be flexible and we're just going to have to have, um, you know, some patience as, as we go forward with this. I think this is a good opportunity um, if you are able to, to stay home or if your, your kids are going to be, um, you know, at, at home for a while to see what other skills that you can be teaching them, what other things that are, um, you know, kind of safe to do, but also really good things. I, you know, we have done a garden in the past in our yard, and I think that's, you know, and that's something that I've already decided we're going to definitely be doing this year. Like, that's a whole process right there of getting seeds ready, of planting them, of, of, of planning out what you want to do, of taking care of that, and just getting outside and getting some activity um, that doesn't mean being around other people. So, um, I think that's one thing, um, but you know, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a struggle for a lot of folks. Yeah, it feels so discordant in that it's, it feels sort of like a snow day, a very extended series of snow days, but yet it's gorgeous outside. At least it is in Portland this week, so it's, uh, it kind of feels uh, odd that we're supposed to stay, you know, stay isolated. Yet we can still be outside and go to all the amazing parks that are in our community and. Uh, you know, at least give a nod to our neighbors if, if we see them and, and check in on them in all the ways that we can. 
Yeah, I think it's really important, though, that people take this seriously for what it is. I mean, um, we can't be doing playdates with, you know, your kids' friends right now. It's not a time for teenagers to be hanging out together while we're, you know, while we're um, having the schools closed. It really is about keeping that social distancing and making sure that we're, um, we're doing what we can to follow that to help slow the spread of this. Um, because that's the way that we're not going to overwhelm our healthcare system. That's the way we're, we're going to be able to manage this. Um, and it takes everybody really adhering to that. But that doesn't mean that you can't be, you know, taking a family trip to um, an outdoor space and just, you know, keeping your difference and doing a distance and doing a hike or something like that. Um, a bike ride, for instance, you know, those kinds of things, especially with the weather this nice, um, if you're able to take advantage of it and keep your social distance, I think we can all um, have a healthier state of mind by getting outside. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Those are those are great thoughts. Now, you're you're a leader in our community who has felt a, a call to serve, a call to support this community through elected office. You're running again to to keep your seat as a Multnomah County Commissioner. What motivates you to be an elected official? Why that for your sort of your uh, your day to day way that you show up? You know, I I've always wanted to um, figure out a way to to serve in a in a way that gives back and that does something you know like a little deeper for my community and and people. Um, this this you know the situation we're in right now is really about connecting people and making sure that those who are who are going to be hit hardest the people who are already more vulnerable to um you know economic bumps in the road are going to be taken care of and so you know i think we're and to me that's really why i got in this in the first place i live out in east portland um you know this community this neighborhood um it's really different than the other places that i've lived in portland because it hasn't had the benefit of the the dollars and the attention and the investment um and, and you know and i think that's true for people all over the state and i really got into this to make sure that um there's going to be somebody who is fighting and um and a voice for making sure that we're we're getting equal investment for all communities that we're creating opportunity for um for women for people of color who for people who have been left behind to um to have the same options to have the same opportunities and and to make up some of the differences that we haven't seen in the past and that's why i do this work um and that's why i really love being able to do this work now, in addition to focusing on your day-to-day as a Multnomah County Commissioner, you've, you've taken on new initiatives to continue to connect people to resources and, and strengthen our community, one of those efforts being Preschool for All. Any updates that you want to provide our listeners about, about that work? And I know it's a little difficult to sort of shift gears when we're in such an urgent response phase of, of COVID-19, but there is other thing, there are other things that need to be happening at the same time, um, and this this resource that would be preschool for all is is a pretty significant uh, opportunity to build some capacity for our families in this community so I want to make sure to give you an opportunity to say a little bit about that before we close out sure and you know I think that if there's one thing that this um, crisis that we're in right now has shown us it's that we don't have enough of our safety net services we don't have enough things built into um, the structure of our government to really take care of people in the way that we need, you know, and whether that's, you know, making sure that everybody has access to health care, that everybody has health care that they can rely on and to depend on without going broke, um, whether it's making sure that people have access to child care, 
um, that's that's there for them and their families, right? These are all things that have been highlighted, um, I think, by the situation that we're in. And um, it's why that I've always worked on um, things that really are going to provide economic success and security for women and families like retirement security and paid sick leave and equal pay. And um, another of those issues that's really important to me is, um, is preschool and making sure that every child has a chance to attend a preschool that's right for them, that gives them the joyful learning environment that they need, and every family would be able to afford that and have and have that access and um and that's what we're doing with preschool for all it's you know we know that preschool is a way that um, it's an important way to make an upstream investment for kids um that will make a difference for them for their entire life right it will help Mm. with their brain development it helps with their social and emotional skill development it helps them be academically ready for um starting in kindergarten um, and it's also a thing that pays off for all of us in the community. Um, it has the um, impacts of having the kids who experience it really, you know, graduate high school at higher rates and do and do better in terms of salary long term. Um, this is something that's that's really a good investment for all of us. That's awesome. So that's the vision. This is a Multnomah County specific effort. How will uh, our community members be able to support this? Is this something that they're going to see on the ballot in November? Is it where are you in sort of the, the phases of making this happen? Yep. We're, we've, so this is um, something that we've been working on over the past two years. There was a task force um, that really had over 100 people and, and 17 different organizations as a part of um, putting together this preschool for all plan. Um, and right now we're looking at what it would take to actually implement the plan. So how we would roll it out, what would it look like in the first few years? And we're also looking at what it would take to um, put it on the ballot in November and be successful. So we're meeting regularly about that. Um, this is this is our opportunity to do that. And we're, we're really excited to be um, taking that step. So we've got a lot of folks um, around the table talking about um, how we can make this happen. Ah, that's fantastic. Anything else you want to make sure our listeners hear while we're on the line together? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think right now, um, as we were talking about earlier, it's it's more important than ever that we're reaching out to each other and making sure that um, the people that are in our lives know that we're there, that we're making those connections, even if you can't see somebody or go out to lunch with somebody that you normally would, um, picking up the phone and making a call, you know, um, sending the text to check in, um, making sure that we're taking care of those who more, or that we know that might be more vulnerable. These are all the ways that we can step. I think this is what, this is what Portland, this is what Oregon does really well, and, and this is our opportunity to do that. Mm. Jessica, thank you so much for making the time this morning. I really appreciate you connecting us with the latest news about what the county is doing, as well as as your vision of what community can look like. Uh, Thanks so much, Emily. Again, that's Commissioner Jessica Vega-Peterson, Multnomah County Commissioner. You can find out more at the Multnomah County website and also connect with Jessica there. This is The Local, your daily local news podcast, your hometown in 30 minutes. Today's resources and ways to contribute will be shared in the show notes. And we'd love to hear how you are staying connected. Send us an email at info at xray.fm or tweet us at xray.fm. We'll be back tomorrow with more news from Portland and beyond.